Hello and welcome to episode 199 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now this episode is a huge one. This is a guest that I've wanted on this episode for a number of years and now the time is finally here. On today's episode, I'm joined by the incredible Matt Tuck, yes the guitarist, singer and songwriter from the amazing Bullet For My Valentine. This has been a long time coming, but honestly, the interview is worth the wait. Matt is so open, so honest, and an absolute pleasure to have on today's episode, and I can't wait to share that interview in just a couple of minutes' time. But in true typical Mark and Me fashion, I always like to use the intro of each and every episode to discuss the last episode. On episode 198, I was joined by Jock, Will, and Billy from the amazing band Puppy. The interview was really popular and I want to say a massive thanks to everyone that tuned in. It was great to see so many people now going and checking out Puppy, hopefully seeing them on their UK tour and falling in love with this amazing band. And if I've helped that, then I've done my job. But as I said, today's episode is a huge one. I'm joined by Matt Tuck and I can't wait to share it. So I think the best thing to do is to get straight to it. So here's me and Matt talking all things music. So Matt, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. Matt, what I want to do today for anyone that hasn't listened to your band, which, you know, who the hell is that person? But if they haven't, I want to give them a good insight into yourself, really, and how it all started. So tell me about, you know, as as a kid growing up, obviously you're in Wales. uh, What sort of bands were you listening to at the early days that made you fall in love with bands and music? The bands that I I fell in love with, I, I grew up in quite a... A musical household. My dad was a, a huge music fan. He never played any instruments, wasn't a musician, but I always, he always had music on in the house and it always ranged from things like status quo, Bruce Springsteen, Eagles, Bob Sager. So kind of classic rock and roll, singer songwriter stuff, you know what I mean? So there was always music on in the house. There was always music in my ears and it wasn't something I really paid attention to until I was about 13, 14 um, and started to discover music for myself really. And those bands were with Metallica, it was Nirvana, Guns N' Roses. It was this the kind of mid nineties grunge rock and roll heavy metal scene, you know, just yeah. kind of captured my ears. And uh, yeah, for, from the moment I heard Metallica's Black Album, that was when I knew I wanted to do what I do today. It was a very, very kind of life changing moment for me. Was was discovering that band, you know, and then I just went on my musical journey from there, and it ranged from everything from like Nirvana, all the way up to kind of Pantera, you know, anything in anything with guitars, anything that was loud, anything which had attitude. It sounds really similar to me. I remember doing a paper round and literally all my pocket money every week would go on the latest trip to Virgin Megastore hour price. And I remember buying the Black Album and Nirvana Nevermind and Guns N' Roses and they just change your life, don't they? There's like, even when you listen back yeah. now, 30 years later, they are flawless. Like they just staple this mark in your life where you can pinpoint the exact moment you remember listening to those albums yeah absolutely i think every generation has that moment you know but obviously we're, we're kind of on the same page here with our musical journey but yeah it, it was that kind of era between 1993 and, and the year 2000 it was there was just such amazing music and such amazing records were being made and a few years in before that before i discovered music really it was just just a magical time you know and yeah just kind of 
just dived in head first and with both feet and never looked back you know it was just as soon as i i got into music i, I was just assorted with everything that i, I could get my ears into you know? and then following that i always find it really interesting when you're kind of then led to your first gig and seeing a band on stage is so much different isn't it than listening to your tape or your vinyl or your cd what was that first gig you remember going to that shook that rib cage of yours and kind of put those hairs up on your mm -hmm. neck that you remember going fucking hell now this is definitely what i want to do there's a, there a couple really that the first one is will probably be a bit more surprising to people but when i was 13 years old my parents took me to see meatloaf in cardiff oh, wow arena yeah so that was kind of pre me getting into music but they my my dad was always a huge meatloaf fan and they managed to get tickets and they took me along so i went kicking and screaming um but from, from 10 seconds into the first song my eyes were open like my senses were alive and it was just something about the, the the drama, the volume, the kick drum beating through your chest, the tone of the guitars, and I, and it was just I was just like, wow, okay, cool. And I think that was probably the moment, even before I kind of got into music myself and started to discover music. I still remember the moment, you know, it was a long time ago now, but I still remember it having a quite a profound impact on me as a person, you know. And it was I don't know, it just kind of like I said, I just had this the sensory overload and it was something i'd never experienced before in my life at that point you know and i think from that moment on that's when i started to discover music wanted to be in a band play guitar play drums and yeah so that that was the first that was the first one but the first real one which kind of springs to mind that's in more of my world was um i went to see sepultura oh wow in newport yeah in newport center off the back of the roots album fucking hell i think i was like 15 16 at the time and I remember just getting my ass like pummeled just by all the mosh pits and the volume was like unlike anything I'd experienced before. And, you know, people that don't know who Sepultura are, you know, they don't mess around, you know, it's super intense. It's super loud. It's super aggressive. No clean vocals. It's, no. it's, you know, it, it's a, it's a pure metal band, you know? So yeah. And again, it was just that whole thing of um, just experiencing that for the first time was just, yeah, just monumental for me, you know, growing up, starting to get into music and starting to discover all this quite extreme heavy metal and then going to see them live was a very different thing to picking up that album the week before, you know what I mean? So just amazing. So, yeah, so those, those, those are the two that really kind of set me off on my way. And looking up to somebody like Max at that age on stage, knowing that he can just have the whole crowd in his hand from the moment he comes on. My mm. God, Max Cavallari is just unbelievable. Uh, everything that Sepultura, Soulfly, all those sort of stuff that he's done, I, I still look at him now and think, you know, he just seems timeless. He doesn't seem to age. He just seems to just mm. fucking knock it out of the park every time. Yeah, man, they, they were they were a huge part in my kind of kind of growing up music musical journey. You know, Sepultura, they, they were they were a massive influence to me. You know, getting into heavy metal, starting to play guitar, learning to write riffs just trying to capture the aggression and the attitude that they kind of delivered song after song, album after album. Yeah, Max is a, a legend in, in, in the metal world, you know, and he's still smashing it today. It's great. It's amazing. And you guys formed in 98. Obviously, it wasn't under the name of Bullet For My Valentine, but, you, you know, that's when mm -hmm. you formed this band that you're still in now. You're 20, it's frightening, isn't it, when you think it's 24 years now, which is just mind-blowing. Yeah, man, I, I, I've been thinking about it quite a lot since the start of the pandemic really since a couple of years ago that's when you had time to think and and look back and appreciate you know what i've done what i've achieved what the boys and i have achieved and it's gone by so fast man it's it's pretty pretty scary you know but pretty amazing but yeah at the same time having that kind of 
that time to reflect was was something that was probably needed as well. Yeah, but yeah, like, absolutely terrifying to know that twenty years plus has just gone by in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And with that, because you know, I, I have so many bands I listen to, and unfortunately, you know, some of my favorite bands they just break up, you know, they have hiatus and never come back, or you just see that they just don't want to do it anymore. So they go on stage yeah. and they're doing these tours, just cash grab tours where it's like, you know, they're just doing it for the money. They're not in it because they want to do it anymore. What, how do you think it is that you guys have just carried on and just had this longevity where you still are so hungry, you can't mm -hmm. wait to tour again? I suppose having the pandemic in two years off must have probably made you hungry again, but you still go. You still are like the band that you were 10 years ago. You've still got that hunger and desire. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I've, I've always been that way. I think I've kind of always been the leader of the pack when it comes to this band. You know what I mean? I don't think it's been any real surprise to anyone to hear that. But I don't know, man. I, I just feel like I've just always had this like burning desire to, to always be the best I can be, especially when it comes to my music. You know, I've always feel like I, I need to kind of keep on top of things. I'm always hungry. To deliver the next record which is always you know to be the best it can be so i think having having drive and, and, and ambition and hunger is is the main i don't know ingredient for longevity regardless of what you do you know you've got to love it and you've got to want to push through good times bad times and uh you know keep keep that kind of motivation going um and yeah you know it, there, there's been times where that that has dipped but I think, like I said, like, you know, a few minutes ago, having the pandemic hit when it did was a great time to reflect and actually reset, you know, because it, it's it's been such a long time, even though it's gone by in the blink of an eye. You know, we were like seven albums in, plus an EP, plus I've done side projects. It, it's been it's been crazy, you know, and it's it was good to have that time to to get my feet back on the floor, reflect, and almost reset my brain. And I feel right now that I'm hungrier and more determined than ever to to get back on the road, to deliver music, deliver album after album. And that was, that light was fading slightly yeah. pre-pandemic, you know, even though I wasn't really aware of it. Now looking back, I, I can feel and see that that side of me, which was, was never there before, you know? So I don't know. I think, you know, I, anything that's good at this pandemic for me on a personal note is it did, like I said, I've just hit the reset button and then we delivered this latest record off the back of that. And I think it, anyone that's listened to it can can hear kind of how aggressive and how i know hungry and refreshed the band sounds you know so so with that obviously no one saw the pandemic coming and the timing like you said was actually ideal for you because it gave you time to reflect step back reevaluate but you said then you kind of felt you were dipping a little bit you know maybe it was your mindset maybe it was just doing the same thing again and again so is it the fact that you had that opportunity to completely switch off, then miss those gigs, miss those festivals, miss touring yeah. that then made you more hungry? Yeah, I, th I think it was. It was just kind of that old kind of saying that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. You know yeah. what I mean? And we, we've had we've had such an incredible run. Um, and the ascendancy, especially on the first three or four albums of the band, is like it's like Hollywood movie stuff. You know, it's like it's not something that really happens to a lot of bands, you know um and we just took it in our stride and we rode the wave and we didn't really complain or or kind of resist you know we just kind of went with it and and, and just did what we needed to do but doing that you kind of put blinkers on and you kind of forget as as album after album tour after tour progresses you know you just kind of go on autopilot and you're not really not hating it but you're not enjoying it you know yeah. you just you just it's, it's just so repetitive and so intense that 
kind of mentally you just go on this kind of autopilot kind of mode, you know, and I definitely was was on that mode for a good few years pre-pandemic, you know, even though I didn't know it and it, I wasn't like, it wasn't a negative thing. I just wasn't ever living in the moment, you know, and I really kind of see that now. And, I, you know, from this, from, from this album on now, I'm going to, you know, I've kind of refreshed my brain and can see how amazing what we do as a band is. It's an incredible gift and opportunity, you know, and, that kind of goes by the wayside after 15 years and five or six records, you know, it, it, it's hard not to fall into that trap of it just being like, oh, it's the same, same shit. Yeah. Different day, you know? And you see that a lot, don't you? It's no disrespect to some bands, but they just go into autopilot, play the same show, that same interaction with the crowd. You can see them over two nights and they say the exact same thing at the same point. It's yeah. just robotic. And you yeah. know, yeah. You, you're not like that. You, you know, I saw you at the um, download pilot, uh festival last year when the whole world was just starving for any type of live music anything that we could have yeah. and it just felt this joyous kind of religious moment that was oh my god we're allowed to stand in the field again and okay it's not as big but we can have something that we've all been starved of and it must be i don't know how you got your head around it to go on stage again after probably 18 months off but instantly it felt like that connection was just there again mm -hmm. yeah it was an amazing moment you know, that, that that was kind of, for me, that was the starting point of me going, you know what, this is fucking cool. You know, this why <laughs> what we do is like an absolute, like, opportunity and gift and whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And that, that was the moment where it kind of literally kind of dumped me on my head and said, you know, shape up, Tucky boy, you know, yeah. Ch check it out. You know, and, and it was that whole thing. You didn't know what you got to this gone, you know, and the download, download pilot moment. Was, was the start of of the new version of of me and the new version of bullet you know it was it was such an honor and it was such a celebration of music and like how how important it is for everyone to get in an arena get in a, a club get in a field and and have those moments with your friends and connect with artists that you love and the artists can connect with the fans and that whole cycle of uh just positive vibes you know it's uh it's something that was the world needs i don't think anybody understood that until it was taken away, you know, but to have those 10,000 people in that field at that moment was, was beautiful. It's a beautiful moment, you know, probably, probably the most beautiful and special gig we've ever played. Yeah. And it's incredible now because it's opened the doors to the world starting to feel like we're almost back to normality. You know, you've announced more tour dates. You've got the Malta weekend with Bring Me the Horizon. You've got some incredible stuff mm -hmm. all over Europe and it feels like it is, it is like that whole thing you've said it like you, you can't take it for granted until it's gone and i've missed out on two years of going to festivals and gigs and rescheduled gigs and finally it feels like you're allowed to do what you love the most now yeah it's good it's 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 been a long time coming um you know the eyes of the world we're watching at downloads we've, we felt a responsibility to be part of making that event a success you know um and, and it, which it was it was incredible and yeah it's um you know, since 2004, I've never had a period of inactivity from music, even as, as a musician uh, and as a, a lover of listening to music and going to shows. It, it's, it's weird. It's been such a weird time, you know, but it does feel now that hopefully by the, the early summer, especially for us, you know, we've got that gig with Horizon in, in Malta, that, that's going to be the start of our, our comeback summer, you know, and yeah, we've got an incredible routing planned and some amazing slots throughout Europe, Rock and Ring, Rock and Park especially all those festivals we're really looking forward to it you know it's been like four years since we've done anything like that you know it's weird
you kind of you won't ever take anything for granted i suppose ever again you know you get to play down no, again we'll you're be... like fucking hell this could be the last one we do yeah we, you know we, we we had a you know we played the download thing we also did like a nova rock pilot in australia and austria sorry um like september last year and we managed to do our uk run if you've had a taste of it now you know i'm sitting down as a band backstage in dressing rooms we, you know we've had the talks about about just this about how we all just kind of took it for granted and you know we've just kind of you just roll with it and it becomes and we always whinge on tour oh it's boring just you know there'll be none of that anymore you know <laughs> we've all we've all realized that what we do is uh, it's an incredible job and yeah it, it's uh it was well needed for me and the boys it's it's we, we've turned it into something really positive you know and with the release of your self-titled album, um, obviously it's your seventh album now. The reviews are absolutely insane. You know, you must be loving the fact that I, th- I think it's your heaviest album. It's your most visual album. Um, it's for me, it's your best work. I absolutely love it. And usually you see a band that release a debut and it's their mark on the industry. And then they find it difficult to kind of top it because they've had so much expectations to deliver. And then they've left their kind of, mark on the industry and i think it's difficult but you guys are just getting better and better and now to be on your seventh album which people are saying it's not just me you know the reviews are all five stars 10 out of 10 people are absolutely loving it it must be amazing to now go and play these songs live which you must have felt have been locked away for so long yeah yeah well we we started the writing process for this obviously pre-pandemic in summer 2019 we started this album process christ you know and like here we are what like beginning of summer 2022 you know, so for, for us, yeah, it was, it was a long time coming. It was kind of, we started the process. We kind of got a few of the key tracks and the, the sound of the record was, was, was heavy and aggressive and visceral. And everyone was really vibing on it. And we knew we had something really special brewing and cooking. And then it, it just stopped, you know, and it was, it was such a kick in the nuts because we were on such a high and we were on such a roll musically and creatively that, you know, it, it was, it, it, it did suck when, when we couldn't get in a room together and everyone had to stay at home for that six months initial that first period. It was like, fuck, you know, and then we were, we were worried, you know, like, are we going to be able to kind of recapture that energy? Thankfully, during the summer then, obviously 2020, when things relaxed, we managed to get back in a room together. It was like, it was like time hadn't passed for us, you know, thankfully. And we started to continue on and write song after song and it just kept coming out and coming out. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was a great, it was a great vibe once we were in a room together, but that that six month period of inactivity or whatever it was, four or five months, whatever, was was worrying for us. But you know, thankfully, it didn't really affect anything too bad. And um, yeah, you know, we're 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 stoked with the way it came out. We think it's our best work by a mile. Yeah, you know, everyone's going to have their preference on on what they think is their favorite if they're a fan of the band. You know, I get that. But for me, as as the as the singer and the songwriter of the band, I think I think it's. You know, I think it's pretty fucking epic shit, you know? <laughs> it must be difficult as well, because you had that drive, that passion. Like you said, you were all being creative. You felt this buzz. And then the momentum was kind of paused, which is just so fucking alien to anything we've ever had in this world, where everything was paused. You know, you don't go to your job anymore. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on furlough. Everyone's working from home. You did very well to carry on and unpause and it not affect it, because you could have just lost all yeah. sense well, that, of direction that, 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 or anything. I worried about that's what we were worried about, you know. Thankfully, I, I had stuff to keep me busy a little bit because we had a few of the songs demoed instrumentally. Yeah. So I had something to get my teeth into for vocals and lyrics and stuff. So I tried to keep myself as busy as much as possible. Um, and what it, you know, again, the, the, the gift of COVID <laughs> for us was was that time where there, there was no rush now. Like, like I, we could really spend the time 
focusing on the tracks we'd already written and I could rewrite vocals two, three times if I wanted to because it, we weren't doing anything and it wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. And that actually as well turned into a bit of a blessing because the songs that obviously people know on the record now, they, they did not start out like that and some of them were written two, three times. But yeah. that wouldn't have happened if we were on that road and it was like, okay, we deliver the record in two months, we need you know, and get it going. We want it out for the, the autumn for a tour here and it's like, we've got festivals booked. You know, there's always like forward thinking in with what we do because of festivals and opportunities crop up for supports and, and stuff like that, you know? So there's always a, a deadline and that's a good thing to work towards, but it can also kind of uh, make things go quicker than they should, you know? So we had yeah. that freedom of, uh, of spending as much time as we wanted on it, you know, which was, again, just turned it into a positive thing for us. I followed you and read a number of interviews of you, and I saw a couple of points you've made where you're trying not to be as stressed and take things so seriously, uh, maybe in the past you had. What was it that kind of changed that with you? Was it kind of being a father? Was it just stepping back and having COVID and seeing the world change? Was it just trying to enjoy yourself more and not take things seriously? Mm -hmm. But you did say you've had a kind of change in heart and now try and avoid any stress and try and avoid that whole mentality of everything becoming too much and too serious. Yeah, I, th I think I think it all goes back to the the not knowing what you've got till it's gone situation. You know, it's like I've just always been very focused, very driven, very motivated to be to be the best I can be and for Bullet to be the best band it can be. You know, and there, there comes to a point where you that that needs to stop and you need to kind of just focus on living in the moment. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't I wasn't doing that. You know, and none of us were. We, it, it was going on for such a long time tour after tour, album after album, you get in that cycle of doing it. Like I said, you know, earlier, it was just, we just were on autopilot and it's such a shame because so much time has passed and I don't really remember a lot of it because it was just, just autopilot, you know? And then when the wheels, were, 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 the brakes were put on for COVID, again, it was just, it was just, just realizing that it's like, fuck me, man. Like we've just done like two albums just gone by in the blink of an eye. We just toured the world three or four times. I can't remember the last four we did. Um, we may not ever do it again. And I, I, I just haven't really enjoyed myself because I've been just so like focused and, and delivering the greatest, you know, just kind of more focused on delivering and, and being the best I can be rather than just living in the moment was, you know, just, just an eye opening moment for me. So I've just, I'm just trying to, to kind of, you know, from now on from download pilot and from this new record, just, just to kind of have fun, just enjoy it. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, you, you just don't realize how, quickly time can pass when your brains when you're not actually present yeah. and in the moment i think that's the best way to describe it you know it's, it's difficult to explain but just being present i was Did, never present yeah which is dangerous and you know unless you're strong enough in that moment to take a step and actually look at yourself as an outsider and think hang on if i don't stop before you know it another five years have gone by another album's come out and you, you're not actually appreciating what it is you're doing exactly and that, that that's exactly it so that's what i've that's what I'm trying to do from now on. And are you getting a good work-life balance? I know it sounds weird when you're in a band. It's not like you're you know, going into an office nine to five every day. But being a father, you absolutely love rugby. You love cars. I know you've got like an obsession with you know, being a petrol head. Do you have a good balance where you can switch off on the music and just enjoy being a family, just mm -hmm. enjoy doing other stuff? Or is it always there that you just wake up and you just want to play guitar, you want to write music, and you want to just live it all day every day? No, it's it's the first one really. I do like to. I can I can switch off, um, and I have learned to to be better at doing that when I'm home. Yeah. Um, 
but again that's just that's just come with 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 a bit of maturity and a bit of you can say no you know yeah and uh, and it's hard to say to say no especially when when you're in a band that's successful and all these opportunities are given to you and you know it, it's hard because you know there's a whole team around us which rely on the band to work as well as the band members themselves you know so it's um yeah it's hard it's hard but you know that you, as soon as you learn that you don't have to say yes to everything it's like a light bulb moment you know what i mean it's just like yeah oh, yeah. yeah nothing's nothing's changed nothing neg- hasn't negatively impacted my life or my career if anything it, you know and as soon as you start getting into that way of thinking you can have your cake and eat it you know i've just kind of just been conscious to make sure that balance for me as as a human is very very vital to actually having longevity in my career as well you know it's uh it's, it's very important so when i'm home for the, for the last probably five six years now when i'm home i'm i'm, I'm at home yeah like i switch off you know i don't mind doing things if they're good things to do and vibey and they're important to do but i i switch off you know i mean i don't i don't play the guitar i don't sing i don't do any press um you know i, I think it's important to give 100 percent of me to the people that need me when i'm here not yeah. constantly having one eye on something and one eye on on home life you know it's i think it's important and having you know a young family and stuff i think it's uh it's important to, to show my boy as well that you know you 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 can do what you love in life and you can be successful but there's nothing more important than me being here with you right now and for him to know that you know that's I amazing that's, I think that's, a, I think that's a good thing a good example to set for him you know it's weird. I had that exact conversation two days ago with my friend Martin, and I said to him, "I've just become forty a couple of weeks ago, and it's not a midlife crisis or anything, but I just see things differently. And it's not because suddenly I was forty. I think it's just the time of my life. But I used to just be saying yes to everyone. So, do you want to come to this party? Yeah. Yes, yes, I should because I don't want to miss out. And do you want to come to this? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And now I've just learned to say, actually, do I really want to do that with my time? I don't have much spare time, but do I want to commit and say yes, just to saying yes and have that fear of missing out? And do you know what? Since I've now said, do you know what? I can't do it tonight or I just don't fancy it. I'm going to stay in with my girlfriend and my dogs and just have a, a night in. My life just feels 10 times better instantly. Yeah, it will. You know, you'll have that kind of mental and physical balance that you probably didn't have before, you know, because... And, and it's a good thing, you know, people always say no, should say yes a bit. And people always say yes, should say no a bit, you know, like yeah. it's, it's balanced. You know, you've just got to do what you want to do, but you've always got to kind of prioritize what, what what's important first, you know. And I think it is an age and a maturity thing that everyone has that moment, you know. It's, uh, you know, and I think I've, we've had that crazy roller coaster ascendancy success that we had in the early days. And, you know, nothing, nothing's going to happen if we, if we kind of slow down a little bit, you know. If anything, it's going to make the fans hungry and the career have more longevity anyways that kind of stuff so as soon as you know just rewiring your brain a little bit that you don't have to say yes to everything because they're good opportunities if anything if you say no they'll come back a better opportunity in a year time in a year's time you know so yeah it's, it's been it's been quite a fun experience for me to kind of play with that a little bit <laughs> and when we started talking today you talked about your idols people like metallica um obviously guns and roses these real amazing bands that are just iconic mm-hmm. With you now being in the industry 24 years and bands still going like Metallica, do you do you still see that for being yourself with Bullet? Do you see yourself not going anywhere anytime soon? Do you see yourself mm-hmm. easily doing another 25 years? Considering it's gone so quick and you can't believe it's happened, yeah. 
are you kind of just thinking that will be us we'll just follow in those footsteps and still be doing festivals and hopefully headlining bands uh festivals like download and stuff in 20 years time yeah as, as long as we're happy and we and we, just, we generally it's in our heart what we want to do and it's not for, for no money or anything you know it's it's i think again maturity and and, and kind of longevity of, of how long i've been doing this now i kind of realized that i've got to enjoy what i'm doing first and foremost it's not about money it's never been about fame i couldn't give it two yeah. shits about that kind of the side of my career you know it, it's more just like am i enjoying this am i happy do i feel content and am i rewarded and if it's if it's yes then hell yeah i'm all about it you know and at that at this moment that, that that's that's kind of where my head's at you know so yeah, I, I would absolutely in my heart want to be around in 20 years time and headlining all these festivals that Metallica and that have done for years. You know, I think it's just, I think it's on the cards. Yeah. Um, I think it's just being patient and waiting for certain bands to kind of hang up the guitars, you know, and give the kind of a, the younger generation, even though I've been doing it 20 years, you know, we're still by no means an old band, which again is amazing. We're, we're ready to go, but again, it's just being patient, you know, and I'd, I'd like to think that we will be there. But it's got to be for the right reasons and everyone's got to be happy and their hearts has, has got to be hearts have got to be in it you know? we need kiss and iron maiden to piss off for a few years to give some of our bands <laughs> a chance to take that step you know, <laughs> you know there's, there's a lot of talk about kind of festival headliners especially in the rock world you know that it can be very repetitive but at the same time like it's still amazing to see these bands you know so yeah I, i'm not bit, not bitter at the slightest because it's, it's a matter of time for a lot of these bands and that's almost that makes me sad too so, you know, I think when the opportunity is right and, and the offers come in, you know, we're ready. But until then, it's, it's out of our hands. So we're just going to continue doing what we're doing. And hopefully that'll be the next chapter of, of Bullet's life in the next three to five years. Hopefully we'll see. Well, well, the fact that you said on today's interview that you think you've just put out your best work on your seventh album. It's the, you know, you're loving it like you still just started. I can't see you guys going anywhere you know nah. but the no nah, exactly we, we, we don't see ourselves going anywhere either but you know we, we need we need to feel like we're doing something because we really love it and want to do it it's not about profile money or fame or any of that nonsense you know? no. and that's where all, all our heads and our hearts are all in the right place right now so it's a good place to be you know? what i ask everyone that comes on the podcast and it doesn't matter if they're in a massive successful band or just starting out or if they're a musician or just an artist a lot of people that listen to Mark and me are in bands that are trying to make a name for themselves. And obviously the industry's changed a lot since you formed the band tw over 20 years ago, especially with streaming and there's a lot more kind of importance on touring now. But what advice do you give to anyone that's listening today that idolizes you, that listens to your band and wants to be like you? Because you've done it for 24 years and not many bands are doing it still after 20 years. So what advice do you give to people that want to really get out there and really make a go of it i think first and foremost it, it's commitment you know you've got to be willing to to commit a hundred percent to what you want to do you know if, if, if you're in a band or you're an artist and you want to make it in the music industry you know it's an uphill battle you you know no one's going to gift you nothing and it doesn't even matter how good or talented you are it's all about a combination of luck timing right place right like you know it's uh it's, it's tough it's really tough so it's got to be a hundred percent commitment and it's got to be because you love it because if it doesn't happen and you've been trying 10 years you don't want to kind of 
walk away feeling resentful or bitter about yourself and you know it's uh yeah definitely I think being, being creative and being it being in a band it's just for fun just start it because you love it and just continue you know and if it's something you want to pursue and go for it but it's going to require a lot of patience and a lot of commitment you know it doesn't happen for everyone like it does for us regardless of who you are and how good you are it's about timing it's about persistence it's about a whole bunch of stuff you know and my final question today, and I ask this to everyone, what I try and do on Mark and Me to make the podcast stand out and be original is the artist that comes on the show during the interview gets to choose the final piece of music that's played on the podcast. So after this is all edited and wrapped up, you get to choose the final song. Now, it doesn't have to be one of your own. It can be a song that you adore. But when I ask the question, this is all edited. The world's about to listen to this interview. What is the final song that you'd like played? It can be by anyone in the world, any song, any band, any piece of music. But mm -hmm. it's a perfect outro for you that sums you up perfectly. That is your number one choice. Uh, Love of My Life by Queen. Oh, what a tune. Yes, beautiful. Beautiful. Makes me smile and cry every time I hear it. There is um, no one yeah. else like Freddie Mercury ever, is there? No, there, I don't think there ever will be. And it's such a shame. You know, I, I was never gifted that opportunity of seeing him. He passed away when I was 11. Yeah. So, you know, I never got the opportunity to see Queen in, with, with Freddie. And my God, I wish I did. Like, just just the most epic frontman and epic rock and roll band there's ever been. And I think there ever will be. So, yeah. An amazing choice. Still, like, so, so inspirational. So just songwriting of, of the gods, you know, amazing. Yeah, it's it's so sad. And, you know, with the film coming out a couple of years ago and you're seeing this footage from Wembley and uh, Milton Keynes Bowl and all these famous DVDs I watch, I just wish, I just wish more than anything, I could have just stood there and seen him play in front of me once, just once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would have been would have been a moment for sure. But there we go, not meant to be. But, you know, legacy and the band still lives on. And uh it's, it's, it's amazing you know they've given us the gift of, of their music which will last forever you know? so good on you Freddie. Matt it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show um, it's been a long time coming and I really am very appreciative of your time uh, I really can't wait for people to get the deluxe version of your album with extra tracks and oh yeah a nice sexy some, vinyl which is yeah yeah there's some really good yeah, the b-sides are, are epic you know we kept them off the original album for a reason you know, yep. they're not just kind of extra tracks. They're actually tracks that we want to have the spotlight going forward now for the next singles and stuff like that, you know. So there's some good shit to come, man. And I can't wait to see some of your shows. Obviously, we'll hopefully get some more UK dates announced, uh, I'm sure, hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah, we've already got a because we were supposed to tour Europe after the UK uh, January, February this year, where it obviously got cancelled and postponed because of COVID still throughout Europe. But uh, we've got a full rerouted tour about to drop imminently and it includes some very very cool uk venues so we're excited to, to let people know where that is it's coming soon incredible dude thank you so much for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on cool man thank you absolute pleasure as well thank you so there it is there's my interview with me and the amazing matt tuck from bullet for my valentine what an amazing guy so accommodating with his time so open, so honest, and I loved him from start to finish, so a massive thanks to Matt for coming on the show. As you heard at the end of the interview, we discussed their brand new album that's coming out as a deluxe version, the self-titled album which is out on July 8th. I urge you all to go and pre-order this or get it when it comes out, because the extra tracks are four brand new tracks and they're brilliant, and honestly, I urge you all to go and do this. Also, as you heard, there's going to be some new dates announced very soon, and I hope we get some UK dates very close to home, 
so we can go and check them out because they're one of the best live bands out there and they give absolutely everything. And hey, it feels like the world is opening up again now for live music and we should take that and make up for the last two years of missing incredible gigs and incredible festivals. If you've really enjoyed today's episode, all I ask you guys out there to do is share it on your Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. I have links on markandme.com to all of those and honestly, it's just the click of a button. Retweet, share on your stories on Instagram or put it on Facebook as a share or just as your update. It gets the word of Mark and me out there and costs you guys at home absolutely nothing and really does help bring a whole new audience to Mark and me and that's something money can't buy. And if you've really enjoyed today's episode, I do have a Patreon account. On markandme.com there's a link and each and every month I guarantee a minimum of eight episodes. On top of that, you get a welcome badge, which is the Mark and Me logo, exclusive just to Patreon people. And thanks to the amazing guys at Richer Sounds, I have some incredible prizes each and every month to give away to say thanks for supporting me. Only last month I gave away a Sonos system, this month it's some headphones, and each and every month the prizes get bigger and better. So thanks everyone that supported me, and if you really enjoyed today, please do sign up because every penny you invest into Mark and Me goes right back into the podcast. I'll be back in only a few days' time with the big episode 200. I don't want to give anything away right now on who the guest is, but for me personally, it's my biggest achievement and someone that I've wanted on the podcast since the day it started. So I hope you're all as excited as me, and we'll be listening to that in just a couple of days' time. So until then, look after yourself, listen to Bullet For My Valentine, take care, and I'll speak to you all very soon. Don't leave me You've taken my life